Hey, everybody. How we doing? Good? Yeah? All right, Kevin's smiling over there. Um, I have, like, I got, all, I got all my gadgets, so if I drop something. So um, we like to do uh, about once a month something we call a message reflection. And sometimes that is someone other than, like, Leanne or I coming up here and sharing what the past couple messages have meant, what jumped out, that kind of thing. Um, and another way that we've done it is kind of um, a whole group discussion. And we've also done smaller, smaller group discussions and some combination of that. So that's what we're going to do this morning, some, some combination of that um, as we do think about our, our start of the beginning of our teaching series on the book of Philippians. Um, we are now three weeks in, and we haven't even gotten to verse one. So, well, that's not true. We did all of them last week, right? Um, so I have a couple of questions for you just to kind of get things going. Angela said he would be kind enough to, um, to run a microphone around. And if I did it right, the microphone is um, it's actually not unmuted yet. So I'm going to go back there while I'm still talking, and I'm going to unmute that. But if you guys can be thinking while we're doing this... Um, about the Acts 16 passage we talked about where Paul met the Philippian church for the first time and he met Lydia and he met a woman who was possessed by a spirit that allowed her to um, predict the future and, and she was owned as a slave. There you go. I got it. <laughs> Um, and then the, the jailer, right? The guys got thrown in prison because um, they, they healed that woman. And the, her owner's ability to make money was now, was now gone. So they got thrown in jail. And there was a, a little bit of a ruckus in the, in the town. And um, they sang worship songs through the night as they were in jail. And then there was an earthquake that blew open the doors, busted off their shackles. And as a result of that, they, um, the Philippian jailer came, came, to know, came to know Jesus. And that's, that, those people were the basis of the church that he is now writing to some 10 or 12 years later. Right? And we talked about the process of letter writing. It's Paul and Silas and Timothy, and they're kind of thinking out loud, and they have a, a secretary or a scribe who's writing stuff down for them. And then this guy Epaphroditus, who brought Paul a financial gift from the Philippian church, is now going to carry this letter back to them, right? So that's where we're at. That's the kind of the background. That's what we've been talking about. So I have a couple of specific questions to ask you about this stuff to kind of get us going, but I'm going to add, we're going to pass the microphone around, so I'm going to ask some of you to be brave and, and grab, that, grab that microphone. Um, introduce yourself, say your name, right? And because... We had originally planned us to be outside, and we were going to turn around in groups outside. Um, it's a little tight in here to do that, but we had like a connection question, an icebreaker. So when you stand up, I want you to introduce yourself, say your name, and I want you to tell us what your favorite summertime treat is. Okay? So I don't. Maybe that's the hard part of the. Once you see the questions, um, thank you, Stacey. You can go to the next slide if you want. If you want, that'd be great. All right. So um, I shared a word, right, this new word, communitas. It comes out of sociology. Alan Hirsch, um, who is a theologian and a missiologist, talked about 
how communitas happens, right? And it's the idea when people come together based on an ordeal that they've been through or a challenge that they faced or an adventure that they went through or being part of a mission together. So as you think of that, right, can you think of a time in your life when you experienced that sort of relationship? And it's not, it, it, there's a depth to it that gets created by this, by this shared experience. And I said, that's what Paul had with the Philippian church, right? That's one of the things that kept them, kept them together. So with that being said, have you ever had an experience like that? And if so, would you care to share it with us? And folks, you guys online, um, please feel free to jump in, and I will, I'll be watching my phone and try to share your thoughts with us as well. The first one's always the hardest. Oh, there goes a hand. Thank you, Beth. Good morning. My name is Beth Kiernan. And my um, best summer treat treat would be um, fresh vegetables from the garden. Ooh. I think that would be my, my and healthy favorite. too. And healthy too, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a great adventure my senior year of college. I was a camp counselor for the Rocky Mountain National Park, and the group of students that I got to meet and work with were very Christian-based, and I believe that was the very start of my Christian walk. And some people I still keep in contact with, and I think that was the greatest adventure, that group of people for three months that I lived and worked with. Um, so yeah, I gotta say that's my adventure. Classic definition, picture-perfect definition. Thank you, Beth. Eddie's got his hand up. Ed Gillespie, vanilla ice cream lover. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking a number of things, but I was thinking um, my brother, I have two brothers, I'm the middle brother, and my older brother and I have always been very close. I'm a younger brother, we have a great relationship, but it's like, it was very, you know, once a month we might chat or something like that, he lives 3,000 miles away. And uh, this past year, my mom passed away, she got very sick, and my younger brother came in for two months while she was at the end of her life, and I spent a lot of that time out at my mom's house with him and um, dealing with mom and the aftermath of all that stuff. But since then, my brother and I talk now like, yeah, we text every day, we, we're talking a couple times a week and stuff like that. So we have this newfound uh, relationship out of a, going through a, something together, so. Yeah, a, har a hardship that brought you guys together. Thank you, Ed. Bella's got something. Hi, I'm Isabella. Um, my favorite summer tree is probably a tropical fruit salad. Um, Trop I'm tropical Caribbean. fruit salad? Yeah, I'm Caribbean, so I like okay, those nice. types of fruits. Um, and I think for me was, I was living in New Jersey before I moved back here. I was raised here, moved there, and then came back. And I found Crossroads. And not long after I started attending the church, I joined a women's Bible study. And honestly, that Bible study Sorry, it's making me emotional. It did so much for me. And I'm sitting next to one of the members right now, Kate, and I just, I'm so grateful for everybody being so welcoming, and I feel like I finally found a place. Well, thank you, Bella, for, for sharing that. And ladies you who are in that group, you know who you are. Thank you. Thank you so much for 
for being there um, for each other. And if you guys are interested in something like that, come talk to me afterwards. I didn't even pay Bella to say that stuff, which is like... <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe one more on this one? Okay, cool. Paige? Uh, hi, I'm Paige. Uh, when I'm not at Crossroads, I'm a suffering high school junior. <laughs> and um, my favorite summer tree is probably like a Dairy Queen blizzard. Um, this is also kind of like a cookie cutter answer, and Tom is not paying me to say this, but when um, I went to Philadelphia for a week, that was when I definitely experienced this. Because um, it's like everyone, I mean, it was, it was a Christian mission, and you didn't have to, everyone was very like open and welcoming, and you didn't have to hide or anything, and the whole point was just, yeah, we're doing these things for people who are in need because that's what Jesus would do. And it doesn't really get much better than that. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks. And you guys are going again this summer, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Like third week of July, we're sending a team back to, back to Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Amanda, are you on this one or do you have something? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I am Amanda as... Tom just said, and I really, this is different, but the taste of summer rain, like you just go out <laughs> yeah. and it, it tastes different. Okay. But one of them, you know, that I, I can remember being a big ordeal and challenge was one youth group, but also um, just being a leader in that and just seeing kids grow and Paige and Matthew being one of them and just being awesome that's that's just one thing um but I would probably have to say our adoption classes and just mm. the group of people that we did that 12-week program with and then kind of seeing their experiences now great thank you <clears throat> yeah that's, that's it's quite um an intrusive process an extensive process and going through that with a with a group of people is incredibly impactful and, and meaningful and you have that connection now for Forever. And I think that's one of the things about communi communitas, right, is it, it pulls people together. And especially like with the Philippian church, they were together. Um, they were together across the miles, right? They were together across time. This is from 12 years, right, from the time Paul first met them. He, he has just grown more and more affectionate towards them and more and more fond of him. So it bridges those gaps. It bridges those miles, right? So when we think about things like Crossroads existing in two locations, right? We do that for the cause of Christ. And we would, yeah, some of us would rather be together in, in one big place. But part of that is, right, we have that bond. The miles, the time, it doesn't matter, right? We are together. We're rooted together. And I don't, I'm going to stop talking now because I don't want to give away the answer to this question. But um, the, the next one is, as we, as we think about their relationships, right, their the, the in, the, the way they support each other, the way they encourage each other, the way they challenge each other. What is it about those relationships that allowed them to remain together in spite of the obstacles, the time, the miles? The, they were, Paul was undergoing suffering and persecution. They were undergoing suffering and persecution. There were pockets of poverty in, in Philippi. Um, it, was not, it was not an easy road, like, not unlike trying to follow Jesus in today's world. Right, so how were they able to maintain those relationships through those obstacles around? Oh, David's hand is right up. Let's go. 
Hi, I'm David. Um, this, yeah, okay. Um, so this actually ties into... Great summertime treat, sorry. Oh, we're still doing that? Yep. Um, <laughs> probably cold brew coffee. All right. But you drink um, that all year round, don't hmm? you? You drink no. that all year? Okay. No. Um, so actually, this, is this would probably tie into my answer if I were to answer the previous question. Um, so very briefly, basically, I think the strongest moments of communitas for me were when I was confronted about some issue, that attitude issue that I had, which has happened a number of times in my, my walk in this community. Um, and it was that concern that people, you know, actually taking the time to spend time with me to speak into my life, to help me see, you know, where I was uh, really needing to improve that, that for me was really what I needed. And I think that what, what helped in that, and because that's, that's really hard. If any of you have been confronted about something or, or confronted someone about something, that's really hard. That's a huge challenge. Um, and I think that I'm, I've been reading this book that kind of talks about community and, and, and growth. And um, I see a lot of confrontation, especially in like the online world, people all screaming at each other. Um, and I think that one thing that really helps us get over obstacles, whether it is confrontation or just distance, is seeing the other person as our people. Mm -hmm. um, when we see the people that we disagree with as them, um, then they become enemies. And yes, we are supposed to love our enemies, However, I think a part of a really way, that, a big way that we do that is by instead of seeing them as other, we see them as our people. Huh. Because when we approach them with that attitude, our entire attitude shifts. Cool. Thank you very much. There's actually um, a passage that we'll get to sometime, maybe October, November, in, in Philippians. But um, there's, uh, there are two people who are having a disagreement. And Paul gets word of it, and he sends word back. He's like, <clears throat> hey, help these guys figure out what's going on, right? And if there's a confrontation that, that's needed or whatever, some support and encouragement. Um, so it's great input, David. Thank you. Other thoughts? Kate. Hi, I'm Kate. Um, I like pretty much any kind of ice cream. Um, well, I'm very disappointed paradise cream is gone. Um, I think what stuck out to me when we were talking about that passage in Acts was, uh, and also something that like I learned from, I was also in the women's group with Bella, um, is I think that like they n didn't shield like the worst parts of their life from each other. Like I've experienced a lot of like Christian community where like you maybe know if someone's sick, but like you don't know like the deep ongoing things with them or um, you don't know like the things that are a little harder to talk about and like less socially acceptable. Like, you know, it's easy to pray for someone's broken leg or something, but like some of the harder stuff. Um, and like when we were in that women's group on like the second or third week, I know, you know, we, none of us knew each other. It started fully over Zoom. Well, a few of us knew each other, but like, you know, I had never met Bella, like a lot of, you know, cause some of us were from Stratford, some were from Trumbull. We hadn't met together for a while. Um, and like a few weeks in, I know we were just kind of starting with, you know, our high and low of the week and like Gail went like really deep one and it was something that it was like, and I think, and after that, like every single person shared like something that was like kind of hard to share. And like, I think after that, like that kind of broke the ice with us. And like, I think seeing leaders lead with that kind of vulnerability. Um, and like, I think that's what we see in acts too, you know, like we see 
the jailer about to kill himself. We see the slave girl, like, you know, living in slavery, obviously. And, like, I think that's kind of the, like, I don't think you get that kind of togetherness when you're only interacting with each other at, like, a surface, like, I'm okay, a little sick kind of level. But I think, like, you know, when you're sharing those deeper things going on and, like, um, I think that really, like, builds that. And it's similar with the communitas thing, like that kind of, like praying for each other through those things kind of like establishes that sense of mission. Yeah, thank you, Kate. So the, that sense, that vulnerability expressed by, you know, one person can create, right? Even in like a, what could be, you know, it's a, it's a group, right? But it turned that group into an adventure, right? That, that, that vulnerability. So vulnerability can create those opportunities for communitas. What else? What else about? Whoa. Okay, we got Norbert and then and then Debbie. <clears throat> Those you guys were actually simultaneously, so I couldn't even tell. Like, who was the other one? Me. Debbie. Debbie. Here. Oh, thank you, Norbert. Thank guys, you, try Norbert. to keep the try to keep the microphone like just at your chin, so we can make sure we, everybody okay. hears you. Thank you. So I'll stand up. Perfect. My favorite treat, by far, is Ben and Jerry's cheese strawberry cheesecake double scoop. <laughs> on a sugar cone, and I look forward to it every vacation. Because <laughs> I can't eat like that during the year. Um, anyway, um, I wanted to say what togetherness is. I think of the women's group that uh, she just mentioned, is it becomes more deep, and when you can trust one another, and you know that you're somewhere safe, and that people aren't going to judge you and they're not going to go, nothing said is going to go beyond that group. Yeah, so it's vulnerability and safety, right? Like that, that phrase, safe space, kind of gets thrown around these days. But within a, a Christian context, it's um, unfortunately people have abused that and it hasn't been safe space in, in the church in general. Um, but it, you know, we have the presence of, of Jesus with us, right? That Holy Spirit with us as we come together to, to kind of put a hedge of protection around, around what, what's going on. But it's something that we have to engage in as well and, and look out, right, for, um, for those who are in a bad spot, those who might not be feeling great, whatever is going on. Norbert. Could you repeat the instructions? The instructions? Yeah, sure. What? Do you want me to say? <laughs> so <clears throat> their relationships were very unique and they overcame a lot of obstacles. What allowed yep. them to overcome those obstacles? What was it? My favorite one is sour cherry cake. <laughs> My wife makes that for me. And also, it's been made by Karen Gale for me. But the Communitas is with someone right here at Crossroads. It's David Carlson. When we first came to Frenchtown School in the summer of 2008, we had a prayer meeting on Wednesdays. And so many times, only David and I showed up. And that's when I met this girl that he talked about. <laughs> <clears throat> for, 
for a long time he talked about that. And so I met Amanda before I met Amanda. And it uh, clicked with the relationship with David. It was, I wouldn't say a spiritual level, but it was a human level that is so important to build up one another. Thanks, Norbert. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't sure Amanda actually really existed for a while. Like it was... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last last question. Um, we're looking at the uh, this Philippian church, and they came together as one in a setting where that unity didn't previously exist. Right? They there were. Um, there were labels. There was a really um, hard-to-break-through class structure that was built in to not just the, the Roman society, but also those folks who came out of a Jewish background. There were those people who were out, and there were those people who were in. Right. So those things had to be overcome in order for them to, um, to welcome everybody in because that's Jesus went to the cross not just for the good people, not just for the nice people, but for everybody, regardless of where they fell in any of those distributions. So the question is, how do we reach out to the world around us today to invite others into that kind of community, one that's not built on labels or social conventions, but is built on Jesus being at the center? Whoa, okay. Matt. Um, I, th um, I think that um, just in our relationships and reaching out, and also in our, I guess, the previous question as well, but um, I think just having like a Christ-like um, forgiveness just in general um, is important. I think looking beyond what we've done, and but looking at who we are as people, um, and just forgiving our actions, our thoughts, or whatever, and just kind of um, moving past everything, and again reaching reaching out towards people um, themselves. I think that's how we kind of build that um, that one-on-one -on -one and just group, just again relationship with everyone. But cool, thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, Oh, I'm Matt, by the way. Uh, I don't like hot chocolate. I don't know. Hot, hot chocolate? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so as Angela's getting the microphone back to Jane, just what Matt was saying, and it's, we find it in a couple different places in Scripture, but the way we treat each other is one of the strongest either impediments to those outside, like coming to know Jesus, or catalysts for helping other people um, who don't yet know Jesus come to know him. Janie, what do you got? I'm Jane, and my favorite uh, summer food among many, I favor blizzards too. <coughs> um, when uh, many years ago, 64, uh, I was in school, very different, 
very difficult uh, coursework and that I shared with a number of other young women. And uh, at that time, the Lord started teaching me a lesson that uh, has taken all this time for me to begin to really practice. And uh, at that time, I had a friend whose life fell apart. We were in the same dormitory. And uh, it was a very challenging thing for a person's uh, mental wellness for her. And the Lord brought us together to pray regularly on our knees in uh, her room or my room and uh, blessed us with his presence. We were three in that room. It was the most profound experience. And she went on from that very, very broken place to serve the Lord on mercy ships and, you know, around the world. But uh, that grew into the realization, if I say to somebody, um, I'll pray for you, I risk forgetting things because I am very flighty. <laughs> and if um, I instead find a quiet place and just pray briefly with them at the moment. Mm. It's the best thing that it's not just the two of us. Right. It's three. And that's <clears throat> true communitas. Yep. Thank you, Janie. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, Jane said many things um, there. Angela, we're going to come over here in a moment. But I was thinking about the importance of prayer, right, for encouraging each other, both the that in aspect and the out aspect. Like if somebody who you know from the gym or work or whatever, it's, it's an intimidating thing, but if they're sharing something real and heavy and the offer to pray with them, for them in that moment, man, right? I don't know. I've done it a handful of times. I have never been rejected. People are generally grateful. Not generally, I mean, always grateful. Um, but just that what a great... God gives us this direct line of communication with him, and what a great way to bring others to him. Thank you, Jenny. All right, Mo, what do you got? Okay, I am Mo. <laughs> and my, um, that is your husband. <laughs> um, my summertime sweet is really not food. Okay. It's, it's actually pretty good for my soul, and that's like all the kids that, are riding their bikes back and forth. Yep. So just hearing their laughter and their talking, that's that's my summertime suite. That's Absolutely. what I look forward to. So um, in community is, um, it, what's been, been working for me is really putting myself out there and stepping in in confidence that, you know, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit and being able to, to reach out to a specific person if I look at it in a way that, oh, my God, there's a whole group of people, you know, I have to really just trust that God's going to lead me directly to just one because hmm. that's where it begins, right? So I, um, I reached out to the, one of the cross, cross guards. Crossing guards, thank you very much. Um, and uh, it's, it's an older lady. So I put myself out there because, you know, they're out there d doing their job, but the initiative of really being mindful that they 
have a heart, they have a feeling, and that yep. they're going through things in life. So putting myself out there and stopping and actually talk with her and then coming to discover a lot of the hardship that she's going through and being brave enough not having to worry about being rejected, I said, can I pray for you? And she, oh, that would be great. I said, no, 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 we're going to do it right now. <laughs> and she's like, oh, so, I mean, she lit up. Yeah. And then being able just to, um, you know, put my hand on her shoulder and praying with her. And it was funny because it's in the same process as kids are coming up to the corner to cross. So I'm walking like a little, <laughs> like a little shape. It's like going this way, going that way. <clears throat> But my, you know, the prayer was continuing. Yeah. I wasn't going to stop. I was going to walk with her in yeah. the process of, of praying for her. So every time I would pull up, I would see her light up, and she would constantly watch me where I'm parking, and she's looking and looking. So when I get out of the vehicle, I'm walking straight to her. Mm. And I would stop, and I would talk to her. And I would continue to say, I'm praying for you, or I'll pray for her at that very moment, and giving her just encouragement. And letting her know that somebody is actually listening. And it's just like the character of, of God, being mindful. God sees us. Yep. God knows us. And that's really what we have to step into and in seeing and knowing this person and pushing our own discomforts aside. So good, Mel. Thank you so much. I, that was like, <clears throat> so there's three hands back there. Still, Ed, still sticking with vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, reaching others on the world, I just quite a lot. Um, it, I think it's for what Paul and, and the church did is just two things I think that we could all do is one, not accepting like the crappy things in the world, but never whining or complaining about the crappy things in the world. So mm -hmm. I think I'm probably better at the first thing, but then I fall into the bad, the, you know, whining. And I think, you know, you know re rejoice in the Lord, rejoice always. And I think if we could walk around always just rejoicing people were going to say, like that garden at church, like, these guys got something going on, that they're in church and singing, like, uh, let me, in jail singing, um, let me go see what's going on with them. I think if we can rejoice in the hard times of life or the inconveniences, whatever, it's going to change the world. Right. <clears throat> yeah, one of the themes that runs throughout Philippians is this idea of joy and, and rejoicing in Jesus. Patrick. Uh, hello, uh, I am Patrick. Uh, my favorite summertime treat... I haven't had it in years because they discontinued it from the ice cream truck, but it was that like great white shark popsicle. It was like lemon flavored. It was delicious. Uh, <laughs> and it will always be in my childhood mind. Um, I guess it's a good thing that I haven't had as an adult just in case it's like not as good as I remember. But anyway, <laughs> um, okay, so for me, um, starting with making sure I have friends who aren't Christian um, is important for me. And then just whenever I hang out with them, just being open and real about my faith. Like, I'm pretty sure all of my friends who aren't Christians know I'm a Christian, know I play in the worship band, and, um, like, try to go to church every Sunday and, you know, do all that stuff. So, um, and then whenever they're ready to, like, just talk about Jesus, like, I'm open to you know, talking to them about it, or also playing in the worship band, a good way to get them to try to come to church, be like, hey, do you want to come see me play in the worship band? Um, and I've gotten friends over the years to come see me do that. So that's my thing. Cool. Thank you, Patrick.
So um, my favorite treat is soft serve, vanilla or twist, depending on the mood at the time. <laughs> and, and a way to treat people um, is to reach out in friendship and treat them sometimes. And so at the sort of at the beginning of the pandemic, Will and I ordered, um, hired a soft serve truck to come on our street, invited everybody on the street ahead of time and said, 6.45 such and such a night, the soft serves come, come have a cone on us. And that kind of opened the door. We were pretty new neighbors to people at that time, but we opened, you know, it made us more friendly with everybody on the on the street and um, in the neighborhood. And um, sometimes it's literally treating people, and that does not come naturally to will at all. And it's late in my life that I've learned how much I love to have people around and start doing that. It, it always takes nerves. As a matter of fact, it's taking nerve just to talk about it now. But um, yeah, but it's something to reach out and treat people, and um, you know, be generous and to be friendly. And um, our last pastor was such a great example of that, who's always throwing parties for his block and things, you know, doing fun things. But, okay. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, so oh, we got one more over here. And while Norbert's, um, I was having a conversation with, um, with Scott Taylor a few months ago, and he said, it's just, it's really simple, right? Whether it's in or out, hospitality. This is what everybody has just been describing, right? And I have, I have not been able to get that out of my head, right? Just this idea of hospitality, extending ourselves to other people, right? Whether it's in prayer and the idea of just one person not being overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, there's so many people in Trumbull and Stratford. What am, how, uh, uh, just one person, right? Just one person, and we extend ourselves in generosity. Go ahead, Norbert. I'm going to take the example of... Uh, the things that Paul writes to the Philippians as an example of how to build people up. And it's from the first couple of verses in chapter 1. He tells them how he longs for them, how he appreciates them. He doesn't talk about himself. He talks about them. And that's such a buildup for people when they're talked about. When you really care about someone, you talk about them. And I would like to also say, if that's Paul speaking, can you imagine what God says about the same thing? If you uh, substitute God in that first couple of verses instead of Paul, you get the idea how great God is. Amen. Thank you, Norbert. Hey, you guys, great job. Thank you for sharing all, all your thoughts and all your um, favorite summertime, summertime treats. Um, that, was, that was a fun aspect of that. So with Jesus at the center of this, right? Jesus was the center of the Philippian community. Paul introduced them to the gospel of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins by Jesus' grace with faith in him. And then this relationship start to build around those relationships with Jesus and they support and they encourage one another and they reach out to the world around them. The letter of Philippians was not written to us, but it was written for us, right? There's so much that we can gain from how they interacted with each other, how they kept Jesus at the middle. Um, and <clears throat> this, this whole thing may be different, especially for those of you who have like a church background sitting here and not being necessarily talked at from up front, but hearing what other people have to say. This is worship. You guys, people were, were, um, were being grateful for the investment of others in their lives. They're encouraging other people to reach out to those around them. 
right? God's smiling as he's watching this, and that's what our worship, our lifestyle of worship can do, bring a smile to his face.